Chapter 3 of Dot and Tot of Maryland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dave Shaw. Dot and Tot of Maryland by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 3 The Boat. Early next morning, Dot came out of the house with a basket on her arm so big and heavy she could hardly carry it. Indeed, she stopped several times between the house and the gap in the big hedge to set the basket down while she rested. Once she was sorely tempted to chase a pretty butterfly that fluttered lazily over the lawn nearby. But a glance at the basket and a thought of Dot recalled her to the fact that this was a picnic day, and so she trudged steadily on and passed through the hedge. Tot was sitting on the doorstep waiting for her. He wore a clean sailor waist and blue brownie overalls and his face and hands had been freshly washed for the important occasion. When he saw Dot's basket, his eyes grew big and round, and he asked, "'What you got?' "'Oh, that's our lunch,' said the girl, setting down her burden with a sigh of relief. "'What's lunch?' demanded Tot. "'Why, something to eat, you know,' she answered. "'Oh,' said Tot. Then he looked at the basket with new interest, and asked, "'Basket all full something to eat?' "'Yes,' replied Dot, with some pride. "'I begged Cook to give me all the good things she had in the pantry, "'cause you and I are going to have a picnic, "'and eat our lunch down by the river.' "'So she filled it up to the top, "'cause Cook always does anything I ask. "'And it's a great big basket, Tot, too.' "'Yes,' answered Tot gravely, "'big basket.' "'Then he jumped up and, all eagerness, approached the basket. "'Let's eat it!' he exclaimed. "'Oh, no!' cried Dot reprovingly. "'It isn't time for lunch yet, and I've just had my breakfast. "'But we'll go down to the river and start the picnic right away. "'And if you're good, Tot, perhaps I'll give you just one piece of jelly cake before lunchtime.' Tot's mother came out and kissed her boy goodbye, and then he and Dot took hold of the handle of the big basket and started for the river. Of course it took them a long time to get there, for often they set down the basket to pick flowers or watch a robin redbreast carrying food to its nest full of babies, or to run over the soft, close-cropped grass and chase each other in very joyful and good spirits. But they always returned to the basket and at last carried it down to the water's edge, where they placed it upon a large flat stone. "'That will be our table when it's time for lunch,' said Dot." time now remarked tot wistfully not yet said the girl but you shall have the jelly cake cause there's plenty to last all day so she drew aside the white cloth that covered the basket and took out two big slices of cake one for tot and one for herself while they ate it they walked along the shore the river was entirely deserted by boats for it was a warm day and even the fisher folk did not care to be out on the opposite shore were great walls of rock rising up from the river, but at the foot of the cliffs were bushy trees that lined the further edge of the water. "'Just like whiskers,' said Tot. "'So they are, from here,' agreed Dot. "'But if we were on the other side of the river, we would find them to be big trees. It's because they are so far away that they look like the river's whiskers.' They walked farther along the shore until they were past the grounds of Roselawn, and then, turning a little bend in the river, they came to some low bushes growing down by the water. "'Oh, Tot!' cried the girl. "'Wouldn't it be nice to lunch under those trees, where it is cool and shady? Let us go back and fetch the basket.' 
Tot followed obediently, for he recognized Dot as the leader, not only because she was older, but because she possessed the wonderful basket of good things. They walked back to the big stone where they had left the basket, and, after a good deal of labor, managed to carry it to the grove of low trees. Pushing the branches aside, they crept through the bushes until they reached the edge of the river, and then Dot uttered an exclamation of delight. "'Here's a boat,' she said, "'and a pretty boat, too.' I wonder whom it belongs to. But never mind, there's no one here, so we will climb into it and eat our luncheon on the seats. It really was a pretty boat, painted all white, except for a red stripe running along the outer edge. There was a broad seat at each end and two seats in the middle, and in the bottom of the boat, under the seats, were two oars. One end of the boat was drawn up on the shore, while the rest of it lay quietly upon the water, but the branches of the trees through a cool shade over all, and it seemed to Dot and Tot the most pleasant place to eat their luncheon. They carried the basket to the broad seat farthest out in the water, and Dot spread her white cloth over it and laid upon that all the good things Cook had put into the basket. "'Let's play house,' said Tot. "'Not house,' corrected Dot. "'We'll play this as a ship, and we're on a trip across the ocean. Won't it be jolly?' Sitting upon the bottom of the boat, close to the seat which formed their table, they laughed and talked and ate their luncheon with the keen appetites all healthy children have. Time passed so quickly they never knew how long they sat there. But suddenly Tot exclaimed, "'It's hot!' and put on his hat to keep the sun from his head. Dot looked up, surprised to find that the sun was indeed shining full upon them. Then she noticed that the shade of the trees was gone and only the blue of the sky was over the boat. She stood up and gave a little cry of dismay. "'We're in the river, Tot,' she said. "'The boat has got away!' End of chapter 3 Recording by Dave Shaw in beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska